Hello listeners, this is Sharon. Many of you have heard Jeremy and I as we have discussed the new COVID vaccine. And I'm here to tell you I took the first dose of the Moderna vaccine on December the 22nd. And yes, I knocked Jeremy down to get there first. As you all know, we are all professionally responsible for taking care of patients on a daily basis, but we're also socially responsible to lead by example, playing our part towards ending this pandemic. Hopefully, this is the beginning of the end of COVID-19. Hopefully, all of you will also consider getting vaccinated as it becomes more widely available over the next few months and play your part. Let's do this together. And if I need you guys to help me hold Jeremy down to get his, I will be calling on you very soon. So I'd like to send a shout out to Dr. Trevetti at Piedmont Healthcare, where I work, who debates with me and teaches me every day whenever I work with him. He's one of the smartest guys that I know. And he got his vaccine before I did. Hello, listeners. Beyond the Mask, in conjunction with NBCRNA, is pleased to announce that listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how to submit them, go to our website. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Well, hey, Sharon, it's good to see you. Good to see you, too, in the studio, no Back less. in the studio. I'm just, I, I'll say that for a long time to come, <laughs> because you we know. didn't get to be in the studio for, for so, so very long. long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, COVID set everything on its ear this year, for sure. <sighs> what a year it's been. What a year. Well, you know, and that kind of leads us into our topic for today. It sure does. We're going to kind of do a 2020 year-end planning. <laughs> to get ready or should for we say 20... sweeping 2020 out, maybe, should I'm be the way most people feel. You know, I always hate to wish things away, yeah, especially at a time. But this year, I mean, it just seems like from March on, it's just been one thing after another um, in everybody's life. It has. Yeah. But, you know, let's roll it back over 100 years ago in the last pandemic. Think yeah. about, I mean, we're wow. dealing with nothing. Nothing compared to what they compared had. Compared to them. Correct. World War One was ending. Uh, yep. Then they had the pandemic and a quarter of the population of the world died. Yeah. yeah. I mean, odds are that somebody that you knew or loved died in that pandemic. And yeah. I mean, so... We really have it a lot better. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it still doesn't make you feel better. No, <laughs> no. I just try and put some perspective on it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. But, you know, this has been a year like really no other year that I remember in my life. That's true. You know, I mean, there have been things that have happened in years past, but nothing that kind of happened like this well this is the gift that kept on giving it really did it really did it was like one thing after another after mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about some of that today and maybe some things yeah. that we need to 
think about as the year closes and we go into another year and things that we might can highlight for people to, and they don't, they don't do all of them, but maybe one or two or three things that can make a difference for them. And this will be airing on the last day of the year. So this will be New Year's Eve when you're listening to this. So that's right. Yay. 2021. Uh, Right before you ring in the new year. That's it. That's (laughs) it. And hopefully I'll be in Jacksonville with Dana. Oh, okay. Down in Florida. And Nick. Bringing in the new year. And the Wad Bees, my CRNA girlfriend from Hmm. Alabama and her husband. All right. Tom. And Nick, of course, you know, Nick was on the podcast um, with us. But we're taping this on November the 30th. Yep. Right after Thanksgiving, yep. and whatever we say today may be totally might be changed by then. You know, we were talking about that, but uh, well, some of this stuff won't change. But you know, if you think back on this year, global pandemic, you know, we had this huge shift from mm-hmm. you know the stock market went from all time highs yes. to all of a sudden a bear market, you know, and then we had the oil markets that had all this drama in it. Um, then we got a race for the vaccine. Everybody's mm-hmm. talking about vaccine and vaccine and, and masks. I mean, what, what a year for the name Beyond the, the mask. mask. We were prophetic. We didn't were. Know didn't it. know it, did we? That's right. Yeah. So, And then we had this little presidential election that, as of this moment, really mm-hmm. isn't quite over yet. Well, what, December 14th, 15th is when the Electoral 14th. College yeah. meets. Yep. And it'll be a done deal then. You think? Might be still be some fighting going on. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll know. Um, so, Sharon, what are your thoughts on the vaccine? Well, I'll I'll be the first in line. I'll knock you over. Jimmy. Will you really? Yeah, I will. Huh. I know a lot of people voice a lot of concerns about it and say it just happened so quickly and yeah. they don't believe. But, you know, I've done a little bit of reading on that and normally and you're the money guy so you can answer these questions a lot of these companies space out their money allocations to new development but the federal government dropped 15 billion dollars into this so they didn't need to space it out Um, financially they could just go for it as hard as they wanted to and that's what they did yeah Yeah. and I think they always could have but they obviously have to look at their bottom line. And yeah. I just, you know, I love Dr. Fauci. He's my boyfriend. He doesn't know it yet. But I just can't believe that they would let something that's really dangerous to people get out. You and I have completely different views on that, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you going to get the vaccine? You know, I, I don't think You're I'll be an early adopter. I'll let me go first, and if I don't die. If Sharon's okay, then, you know, maybe I'll jump in at some uh, point. Um, no, but, you know, I mean, we're hearing that, that you're going to have to get the vaccine. You know, I saw something the other day that Ticketmaster was talking about teaming up with a healthcare reporting company and that you had to have had the vaccine in order to come to their concerts. And they would report it back to Ticketmaster, and then you could buy your concert ticket based upon whether you had the vaccine or not. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, there's all kinds of little... Or it could be like on Contagion and you got to wear an armband or something to prove that you've had it. But, you know, I think vaccines get such a bad rap. And, you know, there are three causes that they say the reason why our lives have been extended, what, at the turn of the century, 19th century, what, average lifespan was... 38 40 somewhere along in there and now it's 77 78 somewhere but they say that antibiotics anesthesia of course of course and vaccines Mm. because you know used to you would dive all the different things yes all of those things and now we have vaccines Mm. so that has extended our life expectancy so yeah, I mean, you know, I think that obviously, you know, nobody wants to really be first in regards to that. But it, it you know, it does do good for the human species mm-hmm. um, to be vaccinated against these uh, horrific diseases. And so, you know, I'm on board. Okay. I'm on board. Well, so. you'll see after I get it. <laughs> I got a guinea pig. That's it. Well, let's talk about finances and what we have to look forward to in 2021. 
All right. Well, you know, uh, pretty much all this stuff has an impact on your, your personal finances. And as we head into a new year, you know, maybe we'll just take a look at some of the things that you might want to consider for your own personal situation. Shane, do you remember the beginning of the year we talked about goals and maybe short-term goals mm-hmm. and long-term goals coming into 2020? And remember, we were coming off an amazing 2019 year yes. economically. Stock market was up at all-time highs. And even up until February and March, we were still kind of zooming. And everybody set you know, some sort of goal for the year. I am almost positive that no one predicted how the year would go here. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we'll talk about some of those goals that you might have set or you didn't set and how to reassess them and some things to think about for this coming year. Okay. Yep. And then the other thing are, is there going to be any new goals, any new priorities that you want to accomplish? And maybe this pandemic has brought about some of those new goals. Right. Getting ready for the meltdown. Getting ready for the meltdown. Wanting to get out of debt. You know, maybe 1099 CRNAs out there who saw they didn't work for three months and how hard that was Mm -hmm. on them, you know, making $250,000, $300,000 a year. Maybe they needed to reprioritize some of those things. Maybe it was folks who were nearing retirement and said, gosh, I don't want to deal with this anymore, and I think I want to be done. And the the pandemic just sort of pushed them in that direction. So maybe there's some new goals and new priorities as we go into the new year. And some of the other things, are you prepared if the market does again what it did, you know, back in March and April and May? And, you know, we have Mm -hmm. this meltdown. Are you prepared for that? You know, are you in the right places? If not, you know, what steps do you need to be taken now to make sure that you are comfortable with the amount of risk that you have? And and are you scared? You know, I ask people that all the time. Are you mm. scared? Well, I would imagine the answer is yes after what we saw well, this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think what I hear a lot of times is the pandemic has scared people. But I think the politics has scared people even more. And what I mean by that is, you know, people are trying to make decisions about the economy and investments based upon the fact that maybe their president won or maybe their president President didn't didn't win. win. And, you know, I hear that all the time. And to me, that's just fear. And you know what fear is? I know. I can't remember the. It's false evidence evidence that appearing real. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had a client this morning. We were talking about this and their president didn't win. Okay. um, At least currently. Right. And they're just scared to death, you know, about what's going to happen under the new Biden administration and how that's going to work. And they're scared of losing their money. And yeah, but I mean, you know, most CRNAs, I mean, if you look at the Biden administration proposals, it's dealing mainly with people making over $400,000. Okay. That's a small segment of the CRNA population. And these folks weren't in that group. But, you know, we're, we're making decisions out of fear and not out of fact. So, you know, again, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, always look at the facts and, okay. and where things are going. So that that's another idea. And, you know, the other thing that we've seen this year is people have spent less, hadn't been able to go anywhere. Well, that's true. But yeah. we've talked about winners and losers. Amazon oh, is a, a big winner this year. Yeah. But, you know, I'll take us, for example. You know, we travel every summer right. and we didn't get to do that. Travel's not right. cheap and most people didn't get to travel. And going um, out to eat. Going out to eat. You didn't get I to do that. I can count on one hand how many times I've been to a restaurant. Yeah. So, you know, what could you do or what could you have done with that extra money? Could you have paid off debt? Could you have done some things that, that maybe you wanted to do? Maybe you wanted to put in an outdoor kitchen. We did. You know, we built, I don't believe uh, we, I've been invited over. We're almost there. Okay. Almost there. So, we can socially distance. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, we did Thanksgiving outside. That's right. You did. Yeah. yeah. By the fire pit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so this year can kind of be a metaphor for what's to come Mm -hmm. and not a bad metaphor i think that we can use this for some good could you increase your charitable contributions this year well there's a lot of people in need that's for sure absolutely we'll talk about that in just a few minutes but you know the cares act allows you to take a hundred percent of your adjusted gross income if you give gifts in cash people didn't know that so no. make $100,000, not just cash, check. Right, right. You know, don't roll out $100 bills at the, you know, <laughs> at the local uh, church or something. But um, I'm sure they'll take it. <laughs> oh, they'll take it, I'm sure, yeah. 
So those are all things. And, you know, we can kind of move forward from there. Okay. So where do you want to start at? Well, yeah, yeah, let's just kind of talk about, you know, people's net worth. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that people need to make sure of, and I saw this a lot this year, was making sure that they had their emergency reserve fund. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because this year, for the first time that I, in my career, 24 years, have seen CRNAs that Didn't weren't have working. Work. Wow. I mean, you've been doing this for a long. Have you seen that before? No, never. Never. And, you know, there's talk now that possibly because of the surge that they could cut back elected surgery in certain areas right now. That's going to be interesting. Um, If the beds fill up, I think that might happen. But I'm just not sure if they'll stop all elective surgeries the way they did before. And I could be wrong about this. I mean, who saw COVID coming? But I don't know. That's going to be an interesting thing for us to look back on. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, but having three to six months of expenses sitting there so you don't have to worry about that, I think is prudent. And as you go into the year, if you don't have that, what's a plan to kind of help you build that? Right. Well, what about mortgages? I know a lot of the docs I work with are refinancing their businesses. We, we're refinancing yeah. what little bit we have left. I'll tell you what, with mortgage rates being where they are at historic lows, to. you'd be crazy not to right now. I mean, mm-hmm. think about people who bought houses in the 80s at you know, 17, 18, 19, 20% uh, mm. interest rates, mm. and now we're seeing two and a half to three. I mean, if you haven't refinanced or you haven't looked at this and you owe a substantial amount or, well, even you if know, you a good have, amount even on your mortgage. Even if you don't. Well, you know, the the lower amounts, if you really don't get that much bang for your buck, you got to think about the fees associated with it and so forth. But, you know, you got to do a break-even analysis right. on it and see if it works for you. But I mean, if you owe $50,000 and you've got a right. 5% right. rate instead of a 3 right. I mean, it's not going to make – because all the interest is – Yes. going to be negligible there. Yes. So. You know, and the other thing, you know, we hear people talk about reverse mortgages. Like they, um, on TV, I see the commercials, but I don't, that just, I don't know. It's interesting, you know. Talk I mean, to me about that because I'm just not sure, you know, your home is yeah. supposed to be safe. My dad used to talk about this. He had an opportunity to buy some land at one point and he didn't because he was going to have to borrow against the house and he said i always told you mama i would never jeopardize where we lived and Hmm. he didn't do it and he still would say up until the day he died he wished he would have and if he wouldn't have given my mother that promise because of course the land sold for like a million dollars it was right he could have made a, a killing off of it but he said i promised your mama and i never did anything yeah well, you know, I, I see people utilizing these things. And again, I you know, I haven't been a very, real big advocate of it. But I mean, think about it. Let's say that, that you didn't have children. Oh, I'd be rich. You'd be, you'd be <laughs> very rich, right? But, you know, I mean, if you don't, and let's say, you know, something happened to Pierce and you were left and we started to spend down your assets to bring in care for you. I mean, what do you care if we spend the equity in that home? If you can stay there and have people come in and take care of you and you don't have to go to a facility. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are a lot of different uses for them. Some people utilize them to live in retirement, not just for care. So, you know, it really depends on your goals and objectives. And these things have changed over the years. And I, I don't claim to be an expert in this by any means. But, you know, we've just seen more people talk about them. So something to put on your radar. Right. And yep. so I understand the bad guys aren't taking a holiday. COVID hasn't really slowed them down. And I'll tell you, my daughter who lives in Minnesota, she called me and she was so upset. Somebody had stolen her credit card numbers and had made a purchase of over $400 worth of cigars huh. at a place. But as it came through, she saw the business and she called them right as it went through because she pays attention. I mean, you know, when you're young, you kind of have to. No, it's not the attorney. It's the other one. Okay. But, you know, you kind of pay attention to your your The the less money you have, the more you pay attention to, Uh, right? And that's exactly (laughs) what she did. And she called the cigar place and said, you know, this is not me and canceled the order. (laughs) Oh, wow. But she did it. If 
what if she wouldn't have seen it as it happened? Yeah. Well, then the credit card company would have been on the hook for it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, checking your credit, I mean, to that point, checking your credit, paying attention to things. And and in, in fact, if you haven't, checked your credit in the last year, you really need to pay attention, Sharon. And this is something that mm-hmm. just happened to me. I mean, it's kind of interesting that really? we're, we're talking about this. Yeah, so I got a bill from the Baptist Hospital over here where I went in to have blood work. I do every year. Right. I get my physical. Well, this particular year, it was actually goes back to 2018. You got a bill from 2018. Well, well you got to hear this. So I got the bill, and they charged me to do this blood work like $473. Okay. Well, I'm a pretty stickler for numbers, and I knew that that wasn't correct because the year before, it had been like $93 for these exact same tests. I mean, I run the same thing every time. Yeah. So I got in touch with them. They wouldn't budge. They were going to talk to somebody else and get back to me, and then... I never heard back from them. I called them again. Well, the lady said, look, I'm going to take this bill and put it in deferred status. Don't worry about it until you hear back from us. They turned you into this, collection. This is 2018. <laughs> so last year, I get a, a thing in the mail from a collections agency saying, we bought this or right. Baptist says blah, blah, blah. And so I, I didn't call the collection agency. I called Baptist directly. And she goes, look, I'm so sorry this happened. I see that you called in before. I'm not sure how this slipped through, but I will get to the bottom of it. And you don't have to do anything with this. We'll take care of this. And don't worry about it. If you get another bill from us and it's not correct, call me back. Well, it went on. I didn't think anything else about it. Sure. You know, I you wrote trusted notes. That I trusted somebody would do what they said they were going to do. Well, you know, long about two weeks ago, I pulled my credit report. And on my credit report shows up a charge-off for $473. Lowered my credit score by 100 points. No kidding. Yes. So, now, I sit on the the planned giving advisory board for the hospital, and I have a lot of contacts over there. (laughs) So, I made a phone call. Uh And I said, look, number one, I have impeccable credit. Number two... I would have paid the $473, but it was the principal. It should have been sure. 90 And the lady goes, okay, let me get in touch with them. It took her until I finally got the today to get in touch with them. She works there, by the way. She's at very high up level. And two weeks. And for them to straighten this out. And today she comes back and she goes, you were correct. The bill should be $94.61. And they're going to rescind that from your credit report and from the collection agency. So how long does it take to come off the credit report? Uh, Supposedly when they rescind, it's supposed to happen automatically from all three, but I I figure it's going to take 45 days. Yeah. But but who would have thought that? I mean, you know, here, you know, I mean, I I pay everything, you know, I don't, I've never been late, you know, I mean, my credit score is, is very, very good, but you know, just things you don't think about. And, yeah, they, they turned it over. Oh, so. listen, this happened to me. It's been quite a while ago. Back when we built our house 25 years ago. And, you know, cell phones were fairly new at that time. And you paid by the minute. Yes. And mm-hmm. we were building the house. And Pierce's cell phone bill was always pretty high every month. Well, I get a bill and it's like $35. And I knew that was wrong because it had been much more. So I called this Verizon and said, this is not right. And they said, you're exactly right. It's supposed to be $198, whatever, which was what it had been running. And I paid it. They said, just ignore the other one. Guess what? Almost a decade later... And I had gone through all this uh, right. before, and I had all my notes, and I had called them. They had tried to rebuild me for the $35, which they said what had happened, the machine that cut the bills, everybody got the person's bill behind them because they oh, were all, geez. you know, you got paper bills back then. And so this had gone on, and I would called them. They said it was okay. They sold that to a company Mm -hmm. and fast forward this is like eight years later and they have turned me into collections for this 35 dollars and i would not pay it because it was the principal of the thing same yep Yep. i went through the same thing 
I can't get, uh, I don't know if I can now, but I couldn't get a Verizon phone for years. Wow. Because it was with Verizon. So finally, the last time they sent me something, I knew the utilities commissioner. And that's where all the phone bills go mm-hmm. through, through the state of North Carolina. And I called him and I said, take care of this for me. <laughs> and he did. Yeah. But that's how Crazy. long this went. $35 and I still went back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you can also shelter some of this stuff by putting a credit freeze on. Have you ever done that? No, I don't even know. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, so, I mean, you can freeze your credit where no one can pull it. So you go you go to each one of the agencies, respectively. Yeah, there's three, right? There's three, yep. And you can do it. I think you can do it online now. You just go there and put a credit freeze on, and then no one can pull your credit without your knowledge. They will contact you if someone tries to pull your credit. Or get credit in your name, and you say, yeah, your name. So that's another thing. That? I have. You have to renew that every 12 months. Okay. So I have done that in the past. I mean, I don't use that much credit, but. Well, now with most of your credit cards, it gives you your credit score. The credit score, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so you can exactly. kind of keep up with that. Yeah. That's another thing just to check out as we go into the end of the year and new year. I mean. I've seen situations where people had forgotten stuff and just never paid it and right. pull their credit one day. Oh, what happened? And usually when you pull your credit, why are you pulling your credit? You're buying, buying something, something, right? You need, you're getting a new mortgage, you're getting a new car, and that's when it shows up. So be proactive about it. Good advice. So let's talk about investments just a little bit. It's about time for me to take a look and rebalance. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, stuff. lots of people, you know, they just wouldn't look at their accounts. I the didn't. First half you know, of the I'm year. one of those. Yeah. So we're going to try and ask people to be brave and maybe ask themselves certain questions. So, one, what is your current asset allocation? And an asset allocation is just the right. mix between stocks, bonds, money markets, you know, whatever you may be in, and you know. Are you where you feel comfortable being? And, where you know, are you within those ranges in each asset class? So if you think, you know, I should have 15% international, do you? Or if you think maybe I'm overweighted in the stock market right now, I'm way too heavy in technology, and mm-hmm. it's kind of skewed that way. And, you know, maybe I've got 90% in equities, and I really feel like I should only have 50 So you need to be able to look at that and discern where you should be. Should I have less risk or more risk? And if you have an advisor, they should be doing this with you. And if not, you're doing it on your own. you got to make sure that you stay on top of this. Another thing we're seeing a lot of people who are getting surprised this year are by realized gains and losses. Maybe they sold some stuff earlier in the year. kind of The market was going crazy, and they locked in some gains. And now they're going to have to pay taxes on that. So keeping on top of your gains and losses, this is the time you need to know that here getting ready to start December. You know, your tax folks should be asking you these questions to see, oh, am I okay? Am I not okay? You know, if you sold uh, $100,000 worth of stock that you bought for $20,000, you know, you've got a lot of capital gains in there. Mm. And can you take some losses before year end? That's another thing. Right. If some of the stuff you bought, you know, has gone down, you can sell that at a loss. You can offset those losses against capital gains, or you can take $3,000 a year against ordinary income. So do people really do that? I mean... I do it every year. I mean, you know, know, our our clients do. Yeah, we kind of go through their accounts and and make sure that, you know, hopefully we don't have a lot of losses in there, but, you know, sometimes you do. Sometimes you just uh, do. So, yeah. And then, you know, if you're owning mutual funds, and this is one of the problems with mutual funds, you know, we tend to not use them as much is because they're pretty tax inefficient. Let me give you an example. Let's say that that mutual fund, if you think of it as a slice of pie, okay, and each little slice represents a different stock. So maybe the whole pie lost money, but one of the slices actually right. owned Amazon, and they made a lot of money with it. Well, guess what? Even though your pie as a whole lost money, they made money on the sale of Amazon, you're going to get a tax bill for that. Lovely. Yeah. So be careful with these year-end capital gains and distribution payouts by mutual funds, especially in non-retirement or non-qualified monies. Those can uh, be a big headache come tax time. Right. All right. Well, let's talk about taxes. (laughs) Well, you know, this was an election year, and Mm -hmm. uh, that could have a big impact on where tax rates go in the future. We've heard a lot of talk about that. We obviously know that we have a lot of issues in our country that need to be solved by increased taxation. Just when and where and how, we don't know. But if you think tax rates are going to go up in the future, like I think, 
you should possibly consider converting some of your IRA to a Roth IRA. Okay. So what you do is you pay the taxes on it today, and then it grows tax-deferred, and you can pull it out tax-free later. So if rates are lower now, you'd much rather pay at a lower rate than a higher rate when you take it out on the back end. that makes sense. Yeah, so we're seeing a lot of people this year do conversions, you know, from a regular IRA to a Roth IRA. Okay. Everybody's situation is different. You know, if your income's going to be way down and or you're getting ready to retire or you're, you're starting retirement, maybe those are times to kind of look at that. You know, do you have any uh, loss carry forwards? You know, maybe you had extra losses last year. Remember, you can only take $3,000 against ordinary income, but maybe you had $30,000 in losses. Can you use any of those this year? Um, you know, another thing that they did this year is you ever heard of required minimum distributions? So it used to be age 70 and a half, and they changed that to age 72. They say, Sharon, you've had all this money in your retirement plans. It's been tax deferred long enough. Guess what? We want to stick our hand in there and get our tax money. Shocker. Oh, can you imagine? So at that point, they have a table, an actuary table, that says you have to take out X amount per year. Because when you take it out, they get their tax money. Right. Right? Right. I remember my dad had to. Yeah. I mean, had to start. Probably didn't want to. Didn't didn't really need it. He didn't need it, but he had to. Well, this year they're actually waiving that requirement, so you don't have to take required minimum distributions this year. And if you took it earlier in the year, you had until August thirty first to put it back in. Okay. But you really need, if you did that, you you need to coordinate with your accountant. So this Um, only applies to people over seventy. Yeah, seventy and a half or seventy two. Yep. Yep. You know, and make sure that you did. Put that back in there along with the associated taxes into your IRA. If you didn't put the whole thing back in there with the taxes that might have already been sent to the federal government or the state, you have to pony up and put that back. So let's talk about your retirement contributions limits. Yeah. If you haven't done that this year and you haven't maxed that out, this is a good time to be thinking about that. Okay. How Um, long do you have to catch up? You got till uh, December 31st. Okay. So you can put in $19,500 into your retirement plan if you're under age 50 or 26000 if you're over age 50. Now, that's what you as a W-2 employee right. can defer in. Now, if you're 1099, you've got a little added advantage there because you can do the same limits, nineteen five and 26000 but you can also do a profit sharing through your business. Mm-hmm. And that profit sharing can get you up to 57000 in retirement contributions, or if you ever reach fifty, sixty-three thousand five hundred dollars, so huge advantage there for ten ninety-nine folks out there. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. So you know, and are there other ways to kind of split your tax bracket between now and the end of the year? This is the time of year that you need to be talking with your accountant. You know, we're on our accounting side. You know, we're looking at folks' tax situation and letting them know, hey, if they are going to owe, here's some strategies to mitigate that. Here's some things that you need to do, because if you wait until March, April of next year and you get this big surprise, you're not oh going to be boy. real happy about it. No. And right now, you know, there's still time in the year to do some things and, and mitigate that. At least you know what you're dealing with. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good to know. Well, let's talk about college funding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my, you know, spring sure break I extended get... a lot further this year. Yeah, huh? well, I probably <laughs> won't get anything from this. Well, you know, some people did get partial refunds for tuition. Oh, no. Yale went up. Oh, lovely. Yeah, $2,000 a semester, sure enough. Hmm. <laughs> well, this doesn't apply to you, Sharon. <laughs> no, it does not. But if that money that you paid for that college, maybe you've got a child in college, if you took it out of a 529, then you have to put it back in there. And a lot of people didn't understand that. Oh, so, so they just took the money they and They took the money and ran. Ooh. And if you don't, you've got to pay penalties and tax on that amount of money. So it's like a retirement, early retirement oh, distribution. Yeah. It's tax plus 10%. Penalty. Oh, my. Yeah. So making sure that that was paid for for qualified education expenses, it has to go back into that same 529 plan. Okay. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about retirement. I mean, some people may have been close to retirement during all of this and may be looking forward to retirement in 2021. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about RMDs and the stock market obviously scared a lot of people earlier in the year. They Mm -hmm. thought, oh, it was a 2008 all over again. And none of us has forgotten that feeling from 2008. 
I guess, you know, one of the things that we would encourage people to do is, is if you're in retirement or you're preparing for retirement, make sure that you're comfortable with the amount of spending that you're going to do in retirement. Have a plan, you know, and you look at that plan a few years before you retire. And I have people test that plan before they retire. I remember you telling me that. I think it's important. They need to understand if they can really do what they say they're going to do. Because it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it. True. And, you know, right now people's spending are down. You know, they're not traveling as much. They're not going out to eat. They're not going to see family members. So it's a little different in this environment with COVID. Is your retirement date still on track? Yeah. Some people. Yes. It started early this year. Yes. And then I think some people decided to wait even longer. Not yeah. like 2008. Right. Remember right. the trouble in oh, the yeah. CRNA Absolutely. industry because a lot of people, I mean, lost 50% of their retirement accounts. Right. And so and they, they stuck had, around for a lot longer. Yeah. They did. But I don't think that's happening this time. No, no. I mean, the market's made up a lot of of what it lost this year. But if you're still on track, you know, making sure that you're testing that plan. Should you adjust what you're saving in your plan, your retirement plan, more or less? Are you on track to meet your goals? Well, I'm Um, sure that a lot of people changed what they were contributing because they weren't making a salary. That's right. Yeah, they probably lowered it. Yeah, well, um, I kept mine going. I didn't get any. I didn't get any uh, a paycheck, but I just let it. Keep <laughs> you just on. let it go. Yeah, I just yeah. let it keep on going yeah. into retirement. I didn't change that. Well, you know, a lot of people lost their their companies, stopped their match. We got a big employer right, right. down the road here, right. who uh, you know said for a year they are not going to match retirement contributions, and they've had a great retirement plan up to this point. Wow, um, you know, CRNAs I would love and to see everyone affected. Line, though, after after all of this and things come back, and yeah, I, I don't know. You know where I'm going with I this. I do, I do. But you know that could affect people's retirement. Sure. You know, make sure that you understand that and how that affects, and you know, plan on it. Right. Well, I know that some CRNAs had that rescinded, but then once the market started coming back up and everything started that V shape and yep. I mean, surgeries came back, and they went back and started contributing. Some did, but I bet inherently some people just hasn't thought about it. Well, and they just said, well, we've already said we're going to take a year off, so we'll just go ahead and, yeah. Or, you know, know, the CARES Act also allowed people to take $100,000 out of their retirement plan this year. I know you said you had had a few 1099s that called you wanting to do that immediately, that you had to talk down off of a ledge occasionally. Yeah, I mean, you know, there were a few people that that I know of who did it, but now it's coming tax time. And remember, you can take the $100,000 out and you don't have to pay it back for three years but each year you have to pay a tax on a third of that. Wow. So if you pay it back in three years, you're good. But then you've got to file amended returns for the refund of get the three that. years that you paid that tax. So you took 100000 you okay. paid $33,333 of extra income this year. Okay. And next year, and then in the third year, you pay it back. So you got to go back and amend those taxes from the previous two years to get your money back. Oh they Lord. didn't make it easy. No. They did not make it easy. No. And, but you've got until December 31st, if you did that, to put that money back in, and it's like nothing ever happened. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So let's talk about charitable giving. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people in need. There it is. And, you know, we have a lot of clients who do um, these qualified charitable contributions from their IRAs. And you can give, if you're over age 70 and a half, you can give up to $100,000 out of your IRA to a charity. Okay. And it's non-taxable. So basically it just goes directly from your IRA to the charity. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. Don't mean to interrupt, but you're a trustee on the AANA Foundation. Theoretically, could someone do this to the foundation? Absolutely. And what is it? The Friends for Life is what, 25000 25, So theoretically, I know a lot of people... With the foundation, we'll take out the little policies and the life insurance. Yeah, policies, and the right. foundation is the recipient when you die. But right. I mean, right. of course, they'd like to get your money while you're still alive. Yeah. So people could do this. Couldn't they could. They? Yeah. If you're over 70 out there and you're a CRNA and you're listening to this and you say, oh, gosh, you know, I want to benefit, you know, CRNAs moving forward, this is an idea that you can do. And, 
save you some tax money. It goes directly to a worthy cause. Absolutely. I think, now see, why didn't you think of that? Oh, believe me, I have. Uh, but, you know, you can also give, as I said earlier, up to 100% of your adjusted gross income to charities as long as it's done through check or cash. That's something to do. You ever heard of donor-advised funds? No. So donor-advised funds allow you to put money in them, and even though they're not going to the charity this year, it just goes into a fund, and you get to take a tax deduction this year. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. So let's say you wanted to give away $30,000, but you really weren't sure where you wanted it to go this year, Mm -hmm. but you needed the tax deduction for it, and you knew that you're very charitably inclined. You could put it in a donor-advised fund, sit it over here, and then two, three, four years from now, you can distribute it, parts of it. It just kind of sits over there in that fund, but you get the tax deduction this year. Nice. Yeah. One thing uh, I encourage our tax folks to be aware of is you know, they think that everyone gets the benefit of being charitably inclined from a tax perspective. Remember that now almost 93, 94% of Americans cannot or do not itemize their deductions. 90? Yeah, when they change the standard exemption, I think it's 93 or 94% now are no longer able to itemize because they increased the standard deduction so much. So, as part of that, people think that I'm giving to charity. It's helping me from a tax perspective. It's not always doing that now because you have to itemize to be able to get help from a tax perspective. So, again, it's just one of those little things to know about. But that sounds be cognizant like a disincentive. Of. It is a disincentive to give. Ah. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. So, And the government knows that, and they've tried to put some other things in place to kind of offset that. But your average person out there probably doesn't think to even check that unintended Um, consequences of your actions yep exactly so well let's talk about estate planning um you know you and i had a lot of discussions about this after my dad died and he had a lot of his stuff in order and i learned a lot going through his estate and i pierce and i we got our house in order that's great right after that yeah yeah. Well, you know, 2020 has just been such a devastating year for loss of a life due to the pandemic. And the pandemic's not over yet. You know, so many people have been affected by this across the country. It's a good reminder that we're not promised tomorrow. And it's good to have your affairs in order. Is your state plan up to date? Do you have a will? You know, a lot of people don't. They don't think they have a will, but every state has a will for you, right. whether you know that or not, through their intestate succession laws. But I will guarantee you it doesn't say what you want it to say. Right. Exactly. I would almost guarantee you that. Do the people that are close to you know where your documents are? Who drafted those documents? We sent all three of our kids a copy of the will. Great. And, and they hadn't knocked you off yet? Well, you know, <laughs> it's not over yet. But um, that way... They know everything, everything. And talk to the people who you want to help, you know, either your children or with your estate once you are gone. Again, we're not promised tomorrow. I mean, you and I could walk out here tonight and be done. And, you know, making sure that, you know, people know where to get that information. It's going to save them a lot of time and a lot of headache. Let me tell you, the one thing that I did learn through all of Daddy's stuff was if you've got all your beneficiaries down – Everything is outside of the state. Yeah. Yeah, which made it easier. He didn't do his like checking account or something. Okay. He didn't put a TOD or anything on that. No, he didn't do that. So it had to stay within the state and it took a long time. How long did it take down there in Davidson County? Usually it's anywhere from six to it was, about, it was about a year by yeah. the time we got through everything. And luckily, my sister and I weren't going to haggle over, you know, you, normally you have to itemize everything right, in a house. Right. And I just, my sister and I talked, I go, we're not fighting over a lawnmower or whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We're, yeah. I'm not writing all that stuff down. And everything was fine. And I understand that that's not the same. But I did learn. So every single one of my accounts are fixed everything i mean your checking account everything has got you know pierce's name on it and if we die at the same time everything will be a third yeah 
so everything can go outside of the state. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can go to the banks, you can put a transfer on death or a payable on death onto your checking accounts. And you're right, anything that passes by beneficiary designation does not go through probate or the court process. It passes outside of that. So that's another thing to make sure of is that all your beneficiaries are up to date. And these are good times to do that. We caught one last year where we were talking to a client, they're like, you need to be, you know, updating this. And they actually had an old life insurance policy that his ex-wife that he divorced 10 years ago, it's about $250,000 policy, was still the beneficiary on. Oh, yeah. Well, that just happened to a cousin of mine. Her ex-husband, who was the person who did all mowed all the yards for my apartments, uh-huh. he dropped dead uh, a couple oh. weeks ago. He, I talked to him on Wednesday, and I needed some bushes cut. And he said, well, I'm... I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm recovering. I said, from what? He says, I got the COVID, Sharon. Mm. And he said, I'll come out next week. And uh, that was on Wednesday. And he was dead on Friday. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, Mm. but back to about the beneficiaries, like one of dad's accounts had my name on it. It didn't have my sister's name on it. And so I go to the bank and they just give me this check. Now, what if you don't have a sister like me? <laughs> Says, oops, she doesn't need to know about that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. of course, I just split it with her. And, of course, I didn't do everything she wanted me to. So I had you set up an annuity for because <laughs> my sister will spend everything. She's a spender. <laughs> and so I just knew that that's what he would want. But yeah. I yeah. could have just said, hey, it's mine. Yeah, they I've seen that happen. Me, they just gave me a big old check. I, I have I'm seen like, that oh. happen, no doubt. I have. Yeah, yeah, I'm you sure. know, the other thing is, is you know, you have an annual exclusion that you can give money as well, free of the the gift tax or the estate tax, and you can give up to fifteen thousand dollars a year to as many people as you'd like. So if you're so inclined and would like to make gifts to your family or your children, remember you can give them up to fifteen thousand dollars, and you don't have to file a gift tax return or anything. So just things to think about here at year end that kind of try to cover each little section of financially related information that people probably, if they haven't reviewed it in a while or they haven't reviewed it in the last couple of years, be good to take a look at. Well, it's the right time. Everything's new and, you know, it's a good time to do it. Yeah. Well, it's one heck of a checklist, I know, but life's been pretty hard this year without adding more pressure to people and having them do that but uh, if they find one or two things that you know on this list that betters them and their families and gets them more prepared and ready you know then we've done a good job exactly well sharon have you got any concluding thoughts jeremy (laughs) well you know my thoughts are pretty consistent around this stuff i know um you know it is having a plan Mm -hmm. making sure that you're dotting all your I's and crossing all your T's as best you can. We're never going to get it 100% right. Being cognizant and aware of your financial situation. Mm -hmm. So many people just kind of bury their head in the sand when it comes to this stuff. And if you can't do it, work with someone that you trust, that you know has your best interest at heart and will do this kind of stuff for you and help you along the way. You know, I think those are important, important thoughts. Sounds like good advice to me to wind up 2020 and onward to 2021 let's just pray that it is a much better year with less havoc and craziness in the world Uh, i'm with you 100 percent. yeah so well sharon i think that's a wrap i think so well we want to thank our listeners to listening to beyond the mass with jeremy stanley and sharon pierce if you like our show and you want to continue to see us grow the single best way to do that is to tell others Sharon, we're in the top 50 medical podcasts in the U.S. right now. And we want to be in the top 10. That's right. In the top 10, that's our goal. So please help us grow. If you like the show, you like what you heard today, leave us a review. But only if it's positive. There's enough negativity in the world. Absolutely. And happy new year and bring in 2021 
with a bang. With a bang. That's right. Not quite a COVID bang, no. but a, a nice, solid bang. I actually, I'm going to be awake this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see the end of this year pass. Yes, so me I won't you tell both. you how I uh, came into this year. That's a sidebar, but uh, it, it well, wasn't I'll, good. I should have known it wasn't going to be a good year. Yeah, so. well, I'll hear it after we turn this podcast That's right. off. But That's right. I think 2020 and this podcast is a wrap. I think so. Until next time. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.